What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, November 20th. 2020. Thank you for tuning in today. Today will be a mailbag show, as I promised. Got some really interesting questions, actually, that I look forward to answering on the show today. Before I get into all of that stuff, there is just a little tiny bit of Tigers news to discuss. Brandon Dixon was granted his release. Tigers 40-man roster is now at 36. It looks like he's going to pursue some opportunities playing baseball in Japan. I wish him the best. Was Brandon Dixon very good? No, pretty forgettable player, but you know, I say that at the same time, he led the Tigers in home runs in 2019, so he will always have that claim to fame. Brandon Dixon, kind of a journeyman, utility guy, led a major league baseball team in home runs, and that team was, of course, our 2019 Detroit Tigers. Lastly, before I move on to the mailbag segment, I've gotten some reviews on iTunes lately that have been pretty critical, uh, and a lot of them concerning one thing, and that's that I shared my, quote, political commentary with people. You know, I record these shows, I edit these shows, and I upload these shows. I rarely ever go back and listen after that, and especially during 2020 when everything's been so miserable, a lot of days have run together. So maybe I've said something that I probably shouldn't have said. I I know I, I had the whole segment on here where I told people to go vote. I don't view that as political commentary personally, but but I'm not I'm not even going to get into all that. I will just let you know that if you are someone who's listened to this podcast and has not liked me talking about that stuff, I will let you know that I will stop and and was going to stop anyway. I, I think I got caught up in the hoopla, the hysteria of the election, and I let it seep over into this baseball podcast, and I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I apologize to people who may have feel, felt isolated by some of the stuff I shared. Uh, from what I recall, I don't remember it being particularly damning, but now, look, I understand. People want to come on here to hear me talk about baseball, not anything else. So I will stop doing that starting at this point going forward. Thank you for uh, continuing to listen. All right, let's get to some questions. Several good questions today. A lot of them were kind of long-form questions, so I may only get to two or three of these today. I like to give out, give kind of you know more thought-provoking, long, long answers as opposed to just doing kind of the, the lightning round rapid-fire stuff that you see on some other shows. This first question comes from Gannon Kaufman. Gannon Kaufman, one of my most loyal followers both on the Lockdown account and my personal account, at MLBFan2002 on Twitter. He says, Is there a chance that the Tigers will be able to sustain being consistently good for a long period of time, avoiding completely tearing it down, or will they have to repeat this process in 10 years? I feel like trading away every good prospect like like Dombrowski did wasn't good enough. You know, that is that is an interesting question, believe it or not. I, I think that's, that's a thought-provoking question because I think there is a certain section of people who are worried about that, that like, hey, look, let's say that this team, this thing ends up working. Let's say that the core that they've been building up through the farm system over the last several years, let's say they deliver. But Will there come a point in which they're going to have to tear it down again like they did beginning in the in the middle of the 2017 season? Or can they be consistently good going forward beyond you know just the core that they've built in the minor leagues right now? The reason this thing fell apart for the Tigers was for several reasons. And they had, like like I said, you know, it was, you could argue nine years, 10 years, 11 years, but around 10 years or so of sustained success. For about 10 years, you looked at the opening day roster every year and said, you know what, they got a shot. Some years they, they were more likely to win it than others, but I think most of those years you said, hey, they're going to be competitive this season. And then, of course, they hit a wall in 2017, traded away a bunch of prospects and rebuilt. I think in order to avoid running into a similar situation. In order to avoid 
having this happen again, where you have a sustained period of success and then you rebuild, what they're going to have to continue to do is keep an eye on the farm system and make sure that they are drafting and developing players as best as they possibly can. The shining example in Major League Baseball of teams that do everything right is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I even said that as much as I ripped them at points at the Major League level for their inability to to, uh, be able to win the big one. I mean, that's done now. They won the World Series here in 2020. But I always said it's a flawless organization. It's a flawless organization because the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to be good, you know, every year for the next couple years. But Given how well they draft, how well they scout, how well they develop their young talent, I could see them being good as long as Andrew Friedman is there. They are a team that has kind of a small market mindset when it comes to scouting and player development and using analytics, of course, but you know they are a big market team and they spend a lot of money and they're able to kind of plug holes by sp- spending a lot of cash and, and signing guys to long extensions and big time contracts like a Moogie Betts, like a Clayton Kershaw. They're a juggernaut. But for the most part, Every team, and I talked about this when I talked about the Cubs a few days ago, every team that goes through a period of success at some point has to reset to some extent. Sometimes it's the grueling, long, arduous rebuild like what the Tigers have had to go through or what the Royals are kind of currently going through. But And sometimes it's a short-term thing, like the Yankees. Remember in 2015, it seemed like, oh man, it looks like the Yankees are kind of reaching the end of an era. Two years later, they were in the ALCS. And the reason for that is because Brian Cashman is as critical as people are of the Yankees and as hilarious as it is that they haven't been to the World Series in 11 years, uh, they, they know what they're doing. And they draft well. They draft really well and they develop talent. That's why all of a sudden everyone's like, oh my God, who is this Gary Sanchez guy? Who is this Aaron Judge guy? Who is this Luis Severino? All guys they drafted. All guys that they developed. Like the Yankees have the reputation of being that big market high roller. We're going to throw a ton of money at big time free agents. And they do that. But a lot of their young core was guys that they developed on their own, and it's why they're so consistently competitive. That reset, that rebuild only lasted like a year or two for them because they never stopped paying attention to how important drafting players is, how important scouting is, and how important player development is. I will also say this, if the Tigers end up winning a World Series with this core, I think a lot of people will be willing to put up with a three, four-year rebuild. Hopefully it won't take that long, but I think one of the reasons why this has been so frustrating is that they were so close for so many years, they never got over the hump, and then they pressed reset, and we knew immediately it's going to be a long time till they're ever really competitive again, and we're going to have to watch the days and the months and the years tick by as we get farther and farther away from 1984, knowing that this title drought is going to continue to continue. So to answer your question, which was essentially how do we avoid making sure that they don't go through in another long rebuild like this? Well, they're going to have to go about things in a different way than Dombrowski did. Dave Dombrowski, one of the best GMs in baseball, but one of his biggest problems is that when he felt like he had a team that could be competitive, that could win a World Series, he was going to go all out to make sure that they were competitive year in and year out at the major league level. And I don't have any problem with that, but what it leads to is a gutting of your farm system. And that's what happened. They traded away a lot of pretty solid minor league prospects so that they could succeed and hopefully win it all at the major league level. They ultimately didn't. But for the most part, I have no problem with 90% of the moves that Dave Dombrowski made. He was going for it all. They didn't win it all. But what you ended up with was a team that was really lacking in terms of minor league talent. I think to make sure that this doesn't happen again, that we don't go through another three, four, five-year rebuild, you have to make sure that you are just as successful down in the minor league level with your farm system, how you're 
developing guys as you are at the major league level, assuming, of course, you're winning 90 games, which it looks like this team is trying to get to a point where they're going to be able to do that over the next several seasons. It's not easy. It's not easy, and a lot of teams fall short. I think also by the time this core really comes into their own. I think Alavila will be gone and possibly a new GM will come in and maybe shake things up a little bit. That could help depending on who they hire. So it, it's it's a fair question. Uh, this next question from at Caleb Myko, he submitted a question last week as well. Do you think the Tigers would go for any of the big name free agent shortstops next winter? If they do, which do you think would be the best for the Tigers? Look, five shortstops are free agents at the end of next season. If they don't pursue, hell, if they don't sign one of them, then Chris Illich and Alavila should be fired. That is their golden opportunity. And as far as who would be the best fit for the Tigers, you know, I've always joked about Lindor, and I think that would be amazing. Uh, it would make a lot of sense. Lindor has hit very well at Comerica. He's hit well against the Tigers. He'd be going up against a lot of teams that he was familiar with, staying in the AL Central. It's a definite possibility. His stock went down a little bit with how he performed in 2020, but I think it'll probably shoot right back up. I have no reason to believe Francisco Lindor won't be elite again in 2021 going into a contract season. But as far as who I think would be the best for the Tigers, well, one of the ones you got to look at right away, given the circumstance and who's managing this team would be Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa had a lot of success under AJ Hinch. I mean, he's had success everywhere, but he loved Hinch. He defended Hinch even during all the Astros cheating stuff. That becomes a very appealing potential signing. I think Correa, Correa is a spotlight guy. He wants to be in the spotlight. I think he wants to be a guy who's a face of the franchise type of player. He would be a god if he came to Detroit. Like, he would be viewed as, like, what Pudge Rodriguez was viewed as, a guy who believed in this organization when a lot of other people didn't. Him teaming back up with A.J. Hinch makes that a potentially really appealing signing. I think that would be the one that's most likely to happen, though I wouldn't rule out Francisco Lindor. Trevor Story, I don't I don't see coming to Detroit. I think he'd probably stay in the National League. And Corey Seager, I don't see him leaving Los Angeles, especially after the postseason that he just had. I think they'll throw the bag at him and, and find a way to retain him and give him an extension going forward. And Javier Baez, I, I'm I'm easing back on the throttle there because he was so bad this season. I, I talked about this a couple days ago. There are some guys who put up numbers that were so jarringly awful that you do kind of need to wonder about how they're going to perform going forward. I think Baez is one of those guys. All right, so that will do it for segment one. I do have one more question to answer, and I will get to that when we return in segment number two. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in today. So this last question from Nick Morgan Stern at NickWin19 on Twitter. He asks, how much 
if any, has Miguel Cabrera, quote, tarnished, end quote, his legacy with the past few seasons he has had? How much better do you think his legacy would be if the past few years he performed at a decent somewhere in between 2016 and 2017 stats level? For context, I'm thinking something like hitting 290-ish with 20 to 24 home runs and 70 to 80 RBIs. That's a really good question because we love Miggy and we view Miggy as an all-time great Tiger, which he is. But it is undeniable that the last several seasons have kind of soured us. Now, I think a big reason for that doesn't necessarily have to do with Miguel Cabrera. A lot of that has to do with the contract that Miguel Cabrera was given. If, if Miggy's contract expired at the end of 2021, I think a lot of people would just view this as kind of the natural order of things. A player hits his prime, he declines, he gets injured, and then he kind of fizzles out over his last four seasons. The fact is, they're locked in with him for several more years, and it makes that deal that much more devastating. It makes the possibility of him potentially tarnishing his legacy uh, more, more of a possibility. There there's nothing he can do, in my opinion, unless two things happen. One, he completely trashes the fan base, or two, gets popped for PEDs. If those two things alone, I think, could permanently tarnish his legacy. He was so good here for so long that I, I, I don't see people looking back at Miguel Cabrera's career and saying, ah, you know what, Miggy, he turned out to be a fraud. Miggy turned out to be a disappointment. Absolutely not. The, the joy he brought this fan base and the success that he brought this organization is immeasurable. In his prime, the best hitter I've maybe ever seen, him and Albert Pujols. I think he'll always be viewed as a what-if. I remember in 2015, he hit home run number 400 in the rain in St. Louis, and we were saying, man, how how far can this guy get? Can he get to 600? Can he get to 700? And we're here in 2021, and he still hasn't gotten to 500 yet. I don't think that his legacy is tarnished in terms of how the fan base thinks of him, but I do think his legacy is a little bit damaged because of the fact that he may not reach some of the milestones that it seemed like he was destined to reach. Like I think his career path is very similar to what Albert Pujols' career path has has been. You know, Pujols has been more bad with the Los Angeles Angels than he has been good. You look at his his numbers over the last several seasons. You know, relative to the amount of money he's getting paid, relative to the OPS that he's put up, he's been one of the weakest everyday players in baseball, but people, he's done a lot of stat padding and he's reached a lot of the milestones that uh, Miggy probably won't be able to, to reach. Miggy won't, Miggy will get to 3,000 hits, but he probably won't get to the 600 home run mark. He definitely won't get to 600 home runs. So in terms of how I'll view him, I'll always view Miggy as as Goliath, as a giant, a, a guy who just was as dominant as any hitter in baseball and hit a wall because of injuries. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people just view it as a disappointment, not so much a, a legacy tarnishing thing because it was just injuries. It was just the, the natural order of things sometimes. It, it's unfair. It sucks. We would have loved to see Miggy be the man here for five, ten more years, and we will always wonder where he could have gotten, the, the heights he could have reached if he would have stayed healthy but I don't think there's anyone who's going to look at Miggy by the time he, he gets out of this, by the time his deal ends and is going to say, man, Miguel Cabrera, you know, he really fell off the map. Miguel Cabrera, he wasn't as good as we thought he was. No, no, we, we know how good Miggy was. He was the best we've ever seen here. He was a true king, a triple crown winner, two-time MVP. But like a lot of great players near the end of his career, I, I, I do think there will be a bit of a sour taste in some fans' mouths because of... Uh, how things ended over the last several years. Not because of anything he did, just because of injuries. And that that really sucks because our eyes did not deceive us. Miggy in his prime, he was that good. 
Uh, so some good questions today, and I got a few more that I wasn't able to get to. I'll, I may try to get to them in next week's show when I do another mailbag. We'll see, but that will do it for today's show, and that will do it for this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written five-star positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. I really do when you, I do like when you guys do that. It means a lot to me, and uh, you know, I'm, just, I'm trying to do the best I can right now. It's, it has not been the easiest of times, but I'm trying to fight through it. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Stay safe out there in these uh, very dangerous times with COVID. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Have a great weekend, and go Tigers.